And it's time now for Green Visions, KUMD production to encourage green thinking and green actions. Green Visions is made possible by the Minnesota Power Energy Conservation Program, making progress toward a lower carbon energy future. Gosh, I guess we're kind of working against the stated purpose of the program, green thinking uh, this morning. We're not talking about thinking green. We're talking about thinking yellow and orange and red. Joining us on the phone this morning is Dr. Jessica Savage, an assistant professor here at the University of Minnesota, and she is also the head of an organization called Nature's Timekeepers. Hey, Jessica, good morning, and thanks for being with us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. What is Nature's Timekeepers? Dying to hear a little bit more about that. Yes. So Nature's Timekeepers is a citizen science program that we started up here in Duluth. And the focus is trying to see how our world is changing over time, not just during the year, but from year to year. We have a group of dedicated volunteers that they go and visit three different nature trails we set up in Duluth. And they look at the trees and some of the shrubs there, and they note, when do the leaves start changing color? When do the flowers come out? When does the fruit come out? And we can then look at that over time and see how things are changing each year. So it's kind of, of course, Larry Weber's uh, Backyard Almanac talks about phonology, and, and we've talked about phonology a lot on this show. It's kind of like phonology, but kind of writ small, three separate locations where you're trying to really closely track. Is that accurate? Yes, exactly. Um, what we're doing is we're monitoring phonology, but we're just doing it in, a, in very specific locations. And it, it's not random the places we chose. They actually are distance, different distances from Lake Superior. So within the city of Duluth and also the whole Arrowhead region, as you move away from the lake, you don't have to go very far, far before the climate changes really quickly. It gets cooler as you move away from the lake. Um, in in terms of the, you think of how cold it can get in the winter. It changes, of course, in the spring and the fall. The lake has a different effect on everything, but it affects our phonology. So if you drive from Lake Superior out to our furthest site, which is at Boulder Lake Environmental Learning Center, you can see a dramatic difference in when things are turning color or when flowers are being produced, and it's only a 20-minute drive. Well, I do know that after I had lived in Duluth for a while, I did try to move over the hill a little bit because I wanted spring. <laughs> I was just funny that way, and when I was still socked in snow in my neighborhood, and I wanted a little bit of spring. But, I mean, what a wonderful community where you can just pick the mood that you're in, that day and drive a couple of minutes and find the weather that suits you perfectly. Yes, it is wonderful. It really is. It's too hot. Okay, go down by the lake. I'm too cold. Drive over the hill. It's kind of simple. When we start talking about tree color, now Larry had mentioned, of course, our resident pathologist, Larry Weber, had mentioned that the trees were stressed with the heat and that they were changing early a little bit. He seemed to have heat had the opinion that that's what he had noticed. Um, what are we, what kinds of effects will we see in our trees as 
those of us here in the community, and of course our family and friends from other places who now want to descend on us so that they can leave peep. What do we need to tell them? Well, it is going to be a different year probably than in the past. Um, we've been seeing the same thing here in um, Duluth as Larry has been observing in our, even at our site this year compared to last year, we're about two weeks ahead in some of the color change we're seeing. So it's happening early, um, especially for the short understory plants. And a lot of the trees are just turning brown and dying if they're really stressed. So things like aspen, um, some of our poplars, these are plants that really like water. And they have been turning yellow and sometimes just going straight to brown because of the drought stress. I know. <laughs> now, I'm kind of curious. Yesterday we had a conversation, of course, with Tom Casper, and we talked about gardening, and gardeners, of course, for the most part, um, have access to water so that they can water a, a small garden plot, that kind of thing. Can you water trees in your yard enough to make a difference, or are your yard trees kind of subject to the same things that trees are subject out in nature? They're they're either going to get rained on or they're not. A really great question, and I what my response would be is that it probably depends on what you're talking about, what tree. In the end, it really is influenced by where the plants are getting their water. So some trees have their roots really, really deep, and they're depending on deep water supplies, and some of them rely a lot more on the rain. So you'll even notice this season, the ones that are going to drop their leaves more rapidly are often the tree species that root more shallow. The ones that have really deep roots that are a little bit more drought tolerant, they might be able to keep their roots wet even when we have a low rain. But if you have a big drop, even in the groundwater, that's when it can affect all of them, regardless of whether you're giving them water on the surface. So I would say like your shrubs and things like that, that are going to get a lot of their water from the surface, you can probably surface water them, and that will help. But it might be for some of the trees, if they're relying on a really deep water supply that is diminished, they, they are going to have the effect probably regardless of what you do. Wow. What a drag. <laughs> so we tell our leaf peeper pals that they need to, whenever they came up last year, they need to bump that up a little bit? Or is it going to, I mean, will we see spectacular colors, or, uh, you know, when you talk about some trees going right to brown and dead, <laughs> I mean, you don't want to invite yeah. company to come up and look at corpses. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to say. We're definitely not going to get the golden hills, I would say, that we sometimes get around here that's from the aspens and the birches. Those probably won't be there. The red maples and the oaks are, are likely still going to turn some type of red. They haven't started yet, or some of them are just starting. Mine has started. Well, in okay. my front yard, my red maple is already thinking. It's about a third red already. Okay, okay. <laughs> over the hill, over the hill, over just the a titch. <laughs> yep, it depends where you're at. Right. Um, yeah, so I think those ones are still going to turn colors, but... Because some of them went early and are turning to brown, you won't see the large landscape of colors. You're probably going to get more spots. 
and it might be really quick. Oh, Ooh. okay. All right. Well, there, there you have it. Now, many folks, of course, are, uh, thanks to Larry, are doing phonology notebooks or they're keeping track of things that are going on in their own yard. If they would like to up their game a little bit and take part in the citizen science experiment, uh, how do they get involved? Great. Um, well, we're always looking for people to be involved, either in our program or just be generally involved in. I'm doing work associated with the National Phonology Network, and they have some great phone apps if you want to record phonology data on your own just in your backyard. Um, people can feel free to um, reach out to me or check out our website. We are part of what we call the Lake Superior Phonology Network, and there's information there on how to connect to us and also how to connect with some of the resources that the National Phonology Network has. Fantastic. A lot of folks going to be interested in that. We'll get some links set up on our webpage so it will be easy for people to find. Jessica, thanks so much for joining us this morning, and thanks for the really, um, well, the, new, the, the, the news about the trees, of course, we kind of knew that. That's depressing and sad, but the opportunity to get involved in some of these projects is really an exciting opportunity. A lot of our listeners are really excited about citizen science projects. So I guess you balanced it out pretty well. <laughs> That's good. Well, thank you very much for having me. Jessica Savage, our guest this morning here on 103.3 KUMD. She is the head of a group called Nature's Timekeepers. We'll get some of those links that she mentioned set up on our webpage, so it will be easy if you're looking for more information or you would like to get involved. Green Visions on KUMD is made possible with support from Heritage Window and Door, the Duluth Superior Supplier for Renewal by Anderson Windows and Doors, and from the Minnesota Power Energy Conservation Program, making progress toward a lower carbon energy future.